Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I ain't worried about it. You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. Well, thanks to Maccas. The McRib and the new McRib Deluxe are now at Maccas. This week, our guest is former Australian cricketer Ryan Harris. What is up, punters and dribblers? Welcome back to another episode of All Talk with your friends, your pals, your boys. Your best mates. Your best mates. Tom and Eddie here, Hello Sport Podcast. Back for another episode of All Talk. Um, now, just a bit of like peeking behind the curtain. Not the iron curtain, just the Hello Sport curtain. That's right. Bit of a difference. Bit of a difference. Well, well it's, a significant it's a, it, Well, just a different type of curtain, different yep. fabric used, yep. Tom. Correct. Um, this has been recorded a couple of weeks in, uh, before you're hearing it. So there are obviously going to be some cricket machinations that will have taken place that we haven't asked about. So if you're like, hey, why didn't you ask about thing in the future I can't predict as I record this, there's, now you know. Now you know. So now that you're aware of that fact, why don't you just sit back, relax, and enjoy what we do talk about. Yeah. Um, Who are we talking to? We're talking to the great... Ryan Harris, mm. uh, the Jaffa King, some people like to refer to him yep. as. King of the Jaffas. King of the Jaffas, the man who bowls the ball of the century this side of the century. That's my belief, at least, mm. anyway. One of the great uh, fast bowling products we've ever produced. Injury sort of, you know, got it, got its claws into him, unfortunately. But a terrific man, a terrific yarn, Ryan Harris. Hey, how are you? How's things? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, all good. Just a uh, hectic time coming into Big Bash. Um, yes. Well, other than a 10-day break, which has been ridiculous. But um, Yeah, what's that? Yeah. Is that – do you think that – is it ridiculous in the sense of just like you sort of the, – the season just starts to get going and then it's just like – Yeah. Yeah, just – I mean, we had our game washed out, so it just – it feels longer. But I just – I'm just amazed that a national comp <laughs> play four games, I think it was, and then stop for 10 days. It's just stupid. But anyway. <laughs> and do you so, so would you just would you say like they should just keep playing uh, in, I, I think they with the test playing. yeah yeah I think so yeah people will choose what they want to watch <laughs> yeah um, but oh, yeah I mean it's just a unique thing I think next year we go back to normal but you know, I just it's it's been amazing so anyway it is what it is is that is that only happened this year as far as well, yeah, as far as I know because of, because the test matches start so late and then yep. they uh, obviously took it to Perth um that's it's just a hopefully it's a one off because the, I know the players aren't fans of it. So um, yeah, I, I hope they don't do it again. I actually know. was thinking. I mean, I just assumed like I didn't even remember how I don't remember year to year or day to day generally. But I was like, yeah. I wasn't. I was sort of like, geez, I wouldn't mind just having some big bash on after the test. I just yeah. assumed that because the cricket's on, that's when they stop. But it does yeah. sort of. I didn't even think about it from the context of just literally pausing the competition for 10 days so we can watch a bit of test cricket. Yeah. It's, I mean, we, we've, not everyone's had a 10 day break. I think most have had the five or six, but even still, like, it's, we, we were the unlucky ones, I guess. And then, had, as I said, had that washout. That wasn't great either. So, no. But so, how have you, how have you fan coaching? Do you love it? Good. Yeah, love it. Yeah, it's been good. Obviously, um, it, it's, um, it's my first senior, um, 
sort of roll down Adelaide. But mm-hmm. it's I've been coaching pathway stuff for about six, seven years in Queensland, so it's been good. But yeah, coming down here is big move back. I obviously grew up here, but you know, called Brisbane home, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been good fun. It's challenging, but dealing with the um, the players these days is a little bit different to the players I used to play with. You have to have to tickle their balls a bit more. <laughs> 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 so you have to do that, but anyway, that's just the way it is, isn't it? So now, you can't exactly tell him tell him what you feel sometimes. Is there a <laughs> is there a sort of a day in coaching training where you get they tell you how to tickle balls? Is there a, a right? And oh, way not, to do it? no, not really. Oh, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> you just you just I've just learned off um, you know watching certain guys do it um, who obviously have good relationships with players. That's the other thing. You just got to try and get up those good relationships and you sort of know who you can yell at and bark at and mm. know who, if you do, they'll cower like a little puppy. So you just got to be careful how you do it Isn't and when in- you do it. Yeah, it's interesting because that's that seems to be a reality that's reflected across like sport generally, right? You hear even – And society. Society. Well, yeah, you're yeah, right. Society. Society. Yeah. society. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it frustrating at times given that, you know, you came from more of the no-nonsense no era? Mm. Um, is, it, is, it, is it a frustrating thing to have to do when you see someone who just can't cop it? It, it is because it's sort of like it's – mainly the, the time you're going to give someone a spray or – it's not just about spraying people either, but it's it's when, you, when you're trying to tell someone – to, to me, and, to, and I mean, I won't do it unless I speak to my other coaches either. So, mm. you know, to make sure I've, it's not just me seeing something that's there or not there, but um, it's almost like some of the stuff you talk to them about, they should just know as professional sportsmen. Yep. And, and, and again, coming from the old back in my day words, um, you know, guys sort of knew, I guess, more about their individual games and more about the game, what seems more about the game and they and they were more proactive in doing stuff in the game, I guess, or or the way they trained. Um, don't get me wrong, they, they still train pretty hard now, but it just seems sometimes you've got to give them a kick, you know, kick in the butt to, to get them going every now and yeah. then, you know. So would you would you say generally speaking it's it's like a lack of obsession in the game or is it more of a work ethic thing generally? Oh, I think I think it's I think in times it's probably work ethic. And again, I think that's that's just not. Um, I'm not just talking about the group I coach, but you're talking about. Yeah, I think I better better put that clear right away. But, um, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're coaching a bunch of pricks. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're actually good blokes. They do all right. They do like me as well. Well, they did until they probably see this. But um, no, I think as I said, as you said before, I think it's society. I think you just look at you know younger people this day and age. I think it. It, it's it's harder for him to be oh, it's harder to be you know to be motivated and probably think for themselves I guess that's mm. the way I sort of see it so mm. but again that's only my opinion after this I might not have a job so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with a little bit yeah. of honesty no, nothing exactly. wrong with a little yeah, bit yeah well that's right yeah so that's right. exactly right so you said you grew up in Adelaide you're from <clears> Sydney originally <throat> were you born I was in born Sydney? in Sydney yeah I was born in Sydney but moved over to Adelaide when I was quite young about three three and a half so. So where yeah. does your love of rugby league come from? I get asked this a lot, and I'm and, and I sit on the fence a lot, <laughs> um, and I, I, I still I, deep down rules are rules. I'm born in New South Wales, so I just cop so much in Queensland, living in Queensland for so long. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, but no, I still. I mean, New South Wales. I'm I'm born there, and you know, obviously, people say, "Are oh, you spend more time in Queensland? You're a Queensland." I'm, I'm an adopted Queenslander, no doubt, but. You know, I still, uh, I still follow. Like, the Blues are always still the, the, the number one team that I follow. Absolutely. And was it, is it uh, like a family thing? Obviously, not spending much time in New South Wales, but were, were your folks rugby league fans? 
Yeah, my dad was, absolutely. My brother lives in Sydney now. He's lived in Sydney for 30-odd years. He, he moved back when he was quite young, so um, yeah, I've still got that that uh, link there as well. But, um, yeah, dad grew up he, – he, well, he grew up playing a bit of rugby union, but, um, yeah, we always used to go out to the local footy in Sydney and, well, that short time I was there, even when we went back to visit family and friends and that, we'd always go and watch a game or two. So, And I'm a massive fan of it now, so, um, I'll, you know, I've, I've followed it. Ever since I was, you know, old enough to understand it properly, so I followed the the mighty Rabbitohs. So, okay. um, passionate Rabbitohs supporter. So, you know, being in being in Brisbane is a lot easier to follow. You know, when I left Adelaide, there wasn't a lot of rugby league around. Now it's everywhere, so mm. it's a lot easier to follow. You are listening to All Talk with Tom and Eddie from the Hello Sport Podcast, coming to you on the SEN Airwaves, and we're talking with the lion-hearted Ryan Harris. Now, Reiner, we were um, as we were, you know. <coughs> Preparing, and I can guarantee you, we do a lot of rigorous preparation before we talk to anyone, Ryan. But we um, we were reminded of, um, I guess, you engaging directly in the rugby league world with rugby league media during the Ashes this year. Yes. <laughs> when um, when Buzz Rothfield, this sort of like the villain of rugby league journalism, mm. so to speak, uh, when he sort of was having a crack at, I think it was the dismissal, right? It was the stay in your crease situation with, uh, with Best. Yeah. And then you've happily, I'll just, I'll quote here. So Buzz is, <laughs> that's a shocking way to take a wicket. They should have called him back. And then you've come back and gone, you struggle with rugby league. Best you leave cricket alone, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, far out. Jesus, didn't that go big? That was yeah. just a throwaway comment. Might have had a bottle of vino or two, maybe yeah. three. Yeah. The best tweets usually um, come after a bottle of vino. Yeah. And, yeah, and in do. the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Oh, I, was, I don't know. I'm not a huge Twitter, and I've stopped using it because the only time I really tweet would be <laughs> Would be about umpiring or when I'm pissed. So I just I'm giving it away. I still look at it. And then that night, I hadn't sent a tweet for I don't know how long. So um, I just saw that. And I'm not a massive fan of the buzz, let's be honest, when he yeah. whinges and carries on. And But um, no, no no doubt that he's obviously a, a very well-respected um, journalist, and I won't take that away from him. But, um, yeah, I just I just at the moment, it just felt right to write it. And, geez, I woke up and my wife tapped me on the show and said, what did you do last night? <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? And she goes, you You've been on Twitter again, haven't you? And you're fucking pissed. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't pissed, but why? And I realised what I did and uh, what, I, what I've written. And I just couldn't believe how, how, how much coverage you got, to be honest. So, um, But it was just a yeah, throwaway comment, I guess. But um, he, he, un- he unfollowed me or he, he blocked me, so I must have had a nerve with him. It's so, funny how not he that, does that. Not that I ever look at his tweets. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> there's, but, a, uh, there's a few rugby league personalities <clears throat> out there that don't mind a block. Yeah, oh, well, mm. that's all. So, well, they like they're more mm. than happy to share their opinions. However, you know whether it be salacious, divisive, f-ing life ruining, and then <laughs> yeah. as soon as you come back with any sort of feedback, well, they, they you must agree with them. Yeah, I know. To block is is it's pretty piss weak. We have we've also I won't name Danny Widler in by name, but he's blocked <laughs> us as well. So <laughs> no, we yeah, won't right. be, we oh, won't be naming he- Danny. If you cop an abuse, if they cop an abuse, fair enough. But that's exactly. a bit of banter. I mean, that's that's not a, if I, if that's abuse, then he's got a very uh, well. He's not he's not a strong man. So, but no, I, um, it wasn't a it wasn't by any means a, a jab. It was just more of a mate. Just yeah, well, I was shut up and just go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't not a jab. It was yeah, a, it was well, a little right. jab. But and it was also, a good one. Also, yeah, also, Buzz, get around the nation, mate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, let's support yeah, that's the right. boys a little bit, don't you think? Yeah. I, I think that yeah, should be going without well. saying in the ashes. That might have been part of it as well. Isn't it? Just you know, what happened happened, and there's an easy way to not that for that not to happen, and that's for a batsman to stay in your crease. Mm. Exactly right. 
then that doesn't happen. So, uh, and that's another, another topic. But um, yeah, no, it was just I think going back and, and thinking about that it was just at the time I just thought no, no, I felt that was right. So anyway, I did it. We were having a discussion the other well, it might have been yesterday, just about our fast bowling the the cartel we've currently got right now the 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 big four. Obviously, Lyons just taken his five hundredth, um, and then Stark is Stark top five all time, and then you've got. Hazelwood and Cummins just, I think, maybe like four or five wickets outside of top ten status. Where where do you, as a, an esteemed uh, ornament to the game, where do you see uh, this this foursome right now? Like, where do they rank? How awesome are they? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're unbelievable. <laughs> they're unbelievable, aren't they? I, I, I guess, I mean, there's no doubt that they're going to be, if not, I think they're up there. My favourite was... And I, and I watched. I, do, I used to watch a lot of old stuff, and obviously, you know, Lily Thompson um, were, were, were fantastic. But you know, my favourite were, were Dizzy. Um, I have to say that now because I'm working with him, so I've got to say Dizzy. But yeah. you know, McGrath, um, Warren, and then who's the other one out of that? There's, there's the three out of that. Who was that? Brett Lee. Yeah, or well, Brett Lee. Yeah, sorry. So they, those three or four together. That to me. You know, through that period and the era that they had there, when when Ricky was captain, um, the, the amount of success they had, that that to me stands out. But I, and the thing about it is, you, this group here, well, I'm being honest, I'm, obviously that they've done a great job and they're doing a great job. But in six, seven years' time, probably when they finish and we look back, I think that's when we're going to realise just how good they were or they are. Yep. And I think that's sort of to me. There's no doubt that I think they they're. Definitely up alongside that that four I mentioned, and even Andy Bickle. I'll throw him in there because he's a good mate of mine too. But he was around that time, but and he couldn't get a game. So um, yeah, look, I look at it and, and definitely think they're up around. Uh, definitely going to be, I think, equal with in in my year and what I what I remember back as far as I can. They're going to be up there. There's no doubt. I think as you see, Lyon in the 500 club, Starks, as you said, he's 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 you know gaining at a rate of knots on these other guys. The other two are going to. You know, they've still got a bit of time left in them, so they're still going to take a lot of wickets. So, you know, these 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 four might be in our top, you know, six, maybe five, if not five, probably six, and you know, by the time they finish. Mm. So, well, I think if you look back at that, as I say, you know, a couple of years down the track, you're going to have to turn around. And say these are they're going to probably equal, if not be better than the than the best we've ever had. Well, like on that, we were we were sort of discussing this yesterday as well. You know, people like Mitch Stark, who is not that far away from going past the great Dennis Lilly, he just doesn't feel like he gets the respect he deserves from the cricketing public or Australia generally. Yep. Do you think that is just a he's just a victim of you haven't retired yet, so therefore people don't reflect properly until someone's retired, or is it something else? Do you think? Yeah, that's a really good question because oh, I did an interview not long ago, a couple of hours ago, and, and similar question, not so much about Stark, but about this team. I think this whole team, mm. listen to some commentary over the last week, um, this whole team doesn't seem to be well-liked from the Australian public. So you talk about Starkey, um, I, I don't know why that is because, uh, look, maybe maybe does it stem from comments from a few years ago, few, um, few years ago from Warney? about how he thought he was a bit soft and about, Potentially. you know, was he driven or, you know, maybe, I don't know. Um, I know Starkey, you know, he, he's a bloody hard worker. You know, he, he deserves every every accolade he's getting at the moment. But why is that? I don't know. I, I, I've been a little bit frustrated and probably not angry, but with the chat over the last couple of days that I've heard that, 
the, the some you know majority, um, as some commentators were saying, that they just don't like to seem to like this Australian team. Um, you-, you know, there's no there's no characters, or there's no this, or there's no that. You know, I, I look at okay, there's no um, Shane Warne. There's you know there's no good stories coming from after the after dark anymore. You know all that sort of stuff, but. But, you know, Andrew Simons, but these guys are, you know, Mitch Marsh is a character, Uzi Kawadra in his own way is a character. Travis Dave Head. Warner, Travis Head. You know, they've got, there's characters in this team. And the other part of that is, if you think back to those guys that I just, you know, Lee, Gillespie, McGrath, player access then was pretty good. You know, broadcasters play a lot of money. They want content. They want to get, they want to get out to what, to the public or what these players are and who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pretty good back then when I sort of, was come when I was sort of came into it, and even when I towards the back end when I finished, there was a lot more content. You know, as I said, the broadcasters want to get more and more. I see it now, and, and what the players do for broadcasters now, and and social media, well, some of it, some of their own, but they do so much more stuff to try and get that out there, to try and get themselves out there. Or cricket Australia are trying to get them out there. So I, I just find it hard to you know. Think, sit here and think that uh, how people can't like these guys. Well, majority. The main thing about this as well is they're winning, and, and people are having these thoughts, and that, yes. that worries me a bit. Because if you if we're if they're losing, this this <laughs> they'd be the most hated team in the world. Yeah, it's funny um, though, right? Like I sort of wonder whether the perception that they're that they're disliked is almost driven by you know there's been a bit of like uh, generational friction between. Not so much your era, but like the your mm. punt, your Ricky Langer, yeah. Hayden, like that era, and now there's that friction there. But like, whether that's more driving that conversation around them, I can only speak for myself here. But like, I have, I love them. They're like, especially yeah. like, I feel like we, in Australia, like if you're winning, I don't really give a fuck what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like Correct, that, that yeah. was sort and of the way it was with like Warney and shit. It was like, oh, Shane's yeah. up to no good. It's like, but he's just taking seven for us, so play on. Yeah, let him do what he wants. Exactly yeah. right. And then that's the funny thing. I mean, we, we've had we've had some big dramas. You know, that, as I said, the South Africa stuff didn't wasn't great for the, but they've they've worked really hard mm. um, to get back to. Because ultimately, when you're in that team, you, you're out there to put on a show for the fans, for the, for the public. You know, obviously, you know, you've you, that's what you're trying to do, and you're trying to win for Australia. Because as we say, we don't like losing, and you know, we we hate losing. Um, we don't do anything outside the rules, like in South Africa. That was a you know, it was a horrible thing that we don't do that sort of stuff. But we we win games, and that's that's the mantra of the Australian cricket team. So, you know, if we're doing that, then and we're doing it well, and we're and we're doing it in an entertaining way, which I think we still are with the way David Warner comes out with his back against the wall again and does what he does. We're, we're doing that to, 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 to please the fans, but they just seem to, I don't know, maybe it's the, maybe it's the Justin Langer factor as well, that the, the way that was handled and it was all on the players. I don't know. I just don't know. I can't put my finger on what it is that, that what these guys have to do to be, to be, you know, spoken about in a better way. And, and, and I guess, well, more well liked. Yeah, it's, it is interesting because especially for a year, like the year we've had. <clears throat> as yeah, a, one day World Cup, Test Championship, like... Ash's retention. Ash's retention. I don't yeah. know I don't know what else we need specifically, but I mean, there it yeah. is. You listen to All Talk with Hello Sport, we're on SEN, and today we're talking with former Australian fast bowler, the great Ryan Harris. Now, Ryan, how do you think your old mate Mitch Johnson was feeling when <laughs> Warner got 164? <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he was. I've, I've been in touch with him quite a bit, actually. I'll put that out there. But um, no, he, <laughs> he, look, he, he was. Ple- he's obviously pleased. He, he, he wants the team to do well. So, but does he want Warner to do well? Yeah, <laughs> no. He said he was happy for him. He said he was happy for him. But okay. uh, look, I think there's that. Yeah, yeah, no. There's, there's, um, you know that that whole thing. I think he had some really good points in that, um, in that, in that sort of article he did. Um, he, he probably got personal, and there's a reason behind that, which I obviously won't go into. But no. you know, there's there's history there, and there's, there's there's some things going on behind the scenes. So, um, but he, you know, talking to him, he stands by his comments. Maybe he might have been, he might have done it and, and said it differently. You know, with with reference to the sandpaper stuff and maybe the personal stuff, but. Mm. That's Mitch. He wears his heart in his sleeve, and he, at the time, um, you know, he, when he does something like that, it's not it's not spur of the moment. He thinks a lot about what he does. So, you know, he's he's thought a lot about that, and he felt as though he needed to get it out. Um, you know, and again, a lot of the points are valid. I've, I've, as I said, I speak to him quite a bit. I've told him I, I didn't necessarily agree with some of the stuff that was in it, and that's okay. But and he said that's entirely his opinion on on what he what he feels and, and what he sees. So and that's what he's you know his job used to do, I guess, in that in that column that he does over in over in the West. So um but I can go yeah, a lot of people have sort of made comment about that exact thing. Like he, he still wants this team to be good to, to to win. There's no doubt about that. Um you know but um I guess the details of it um you know no one no one will probably ever know except him and and David. So ultimately we you know we I'd, I've said to him I'd love for you to one day to you know go and sit with you know, seek him out and, and go and sit with him and just talk it over, you know, whatever the, the, the beef is. So, uh, and I think Justin Langer made that point as well in an article that he wrote. So, you know, ultimately, we, you know, when we play together, we're, we're so close. Um, you know, not everyone's close outside of the, the boundary and everyone, you know, hangs out a lot. But, I mean, that group, when when David was there, Mitch was there, and the group I played with, we were very close. We had some great success. We had some couple of bad losses as well. But, um, you know, we had such a great group of players and staff that, you know that looking back on it, that time of life was so special. So, you know, even hearing all that and seeing and that, it's not it's not ideal. I, I don't like conflict, and I don't like you know you know seeing guys that had such a great time. I guess have a beef with each other. So let's hope hope down the track that they can you know sort it out one day. It'd be nice. You um, you say so. You talk to Mitch a bit, and um, I'm just wondering as a friend, and maybe not, but I'm just I'm, I'm interested as a friend whether you've had a quiet word to him about his new. Hairstyle, the time. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I was over there two weeks ago, and I was literally catching up with him for dinner um, one night. And I haven't told him this, so he's probably gonna. <laughs> um, and someone said to me, I reckon two hours before, I said, "What's what's with Mitch's man bun?" I said, "What, what man bun?" Anyway, I was, what I saw, I was like, "Shit, he's got a man bun." <laughs> that. <laughs> That took, it's, so I haven't had the balls to say it yet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I've just told him now. He's probably going to listen. Yeah, yeah. This is fine. Listen. It's way better to do it through like <laughs> three degrees better. of separation. Yeah, just for us. It, That's a perfect. Definitely, idea. definitely took me by surprise. Don't worry about that. So. Yeah, I think it's taken the nation by surprise. <laughs> to be honest. No, it was, it was uh, to keep to keep on theme, Mitch Johnson. We were, we were hanging out with uh, the great Brad Haddon the other day, doing some work with him. Mm. And he was just talking about how in that Ashes series, 5-0, obviously the sweep, we all remember it. Um, he was saying that it was like one of the first times he'd actually seen grown men like terrified for their lives. How do you reflect on that time? Was it was it just like a was it just a beautiful thing to be around watching oh, was, grown was, Englishmen literally like shit their pants? Yeah, it was it was awesome, honestly. <laughs> it was just so we knew it. I mean the the pace that he was bowling was and you know, I'd seen, well, I'd sort of played a game 
or against Brett Lee in a game with him, and and you know that what he used to do was just raw pace, and that was quick. But this this series with Mitch, I don't know what it was. Something just clicked. You know, he was fit. I think he he come back from injury a few months before and got himself so fit and strong. And you know, the way he even well, we we, we went over. It was it was a different year because we had an Ashes in, in England in 2013, and then we virtually came straight back to. Um, to oh, play here, oh, and, we, they and we lost three one. That's right. Yeah, they, there was something. It was a World Cup, something or Olymp, whatever it was. It might have been Olympics or something, whatever it was. But mm. we just lost three one over in England. I think it was three one, and we sh- we probably shouldn't have. And that sounds silly. We we're so close, but we were so far as well. So, yep. but he didn't play that. But he went over for the one day series after that, and that point there is where he he planted the seed beautifully because he was even in that series he bowled absolute rockets. And Peterson, I think Ian Bell. Um, the, uh, I think Cook, a lot of those the, the, the test batters were playing in that in that series. So he just planted the seed beautifully. So you know, literally within six weeks or whatever it was, or maybe even less, they, we came back and we. I remember, I remember Michael. We, we got back to we had a camp in Brisbane about four or five days out from that first test at Allen Border Field in Brisbane, and, and Michael pulled myself, Mitch, Sids, um, I think James Pattinson might have been the fourth quick. Brought him over, put us over, and said, right. You blokes are going to win this series for us. Um, Mitch, I just want you to bowl so fucking fast and then hopefully you get them on target. And if you're not in your leaking runs, then we're only going to use you in short, short spells and then it's going to be up to you, Rhino and Sids or Pado. You're the ones that are going to come on and just build the pressure and do that. And, and you know, don't let them get us, you know, don't let them get away sort of thing. So he, he came on. Uh, it, so fast forward, it, going into net sessions, going to the test match, none of the batters, they saw what he was doing. And and on the Gabba practice wickets, which are, are, are not, they're like the centre, they bounce a lot. No one was getting in behind him and facing him. He was, he was rapid in that. So we just look, you know, even Sids and I bowling the net, bowling with him, we're like, F- he's on here, he's on. <laughs> it's quick. Um yeah, then going into that into that test, um, you know, the way Trot played, the way Peterson played, um, he, he just had this unbelievable raw pace. Um, and then getting on through the series, you could just see it. They, they were dropping like flies. Unfortunately, um, Trotty went home with mental health stuff, um, which is not nice to see. But there, there would have been a little bit of fear. It had to be a little bit of fear in that as well. There's, <laughs> there's no doubt. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, getting through the series and just seeing what he was doing, it was, it was you know, it was just unbelievable. Um, and then going on from that, a few years down the track, I, I did a couple of things with, with Ian Bell, actually, who did like a know, something around the Ashes series. And and in the time that they were setting up, I was sort of talking to him a bit. I said, mate, you know what? And there was a little bit of talk from from players that had been through that series in books or whatever that it was quick. And I sort of said to Bell, I said, mate, was it that quick? He goes, mate, like you just said then, our boys were absolutely shit themselves. They've never, <laughs> I've never seen a group of batters, professional cricketers, um, be so scared and, and fear for getting hurt. Um, but yeah, it was from this, you know, being on, I was sort of mid off a lot of the time and it was, it was, it was just unbelievable. And, and, you know, no better team to do it to than England. Um, but, um, you know, he re- definitely ripped through them. And, and again, as we saw, we, unfortunately, or fortunately that after that series, he scared a few too many off and a few of them left the team for good. So, <laughs> uh, he did his job. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what he, he, yeah, he, it was just proper raw pace. It was just unbelievable. Love that. Listen to all talk on SEN, and we are speaking with former Australian fast bowler Ryan Harris. Now, Ryan, what mm. does it do for you having like your other bowler like just terrifying him? Does that like change the way you have to play, or does it make it easier for you? 
Uh, easy is probably, probably not the right word. It definitely helps because I know they're going to try and they're trying to smash the shit out of me. Yeah, right. So if I if I know that I'm doing my job and, and hitting my lengths and, and and moving the ball around, whatever I do, I know I'm going to be hard to hit as well. I'm just not, not doing it 150k an hour. But um, and and there's no doubt. I I think I got 20 odd wickets. I think whatever it was. But that definitely helped. There's no doubt that Sid and I definitely benefited from from Mitch doing what he did. Um, but that was the thing. I think we did so well in that series. We just we, we Sid and I, without pumping up my tyres, but we 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 complemented each other so well there because we did exactly what Michael asked. We didn't give, we we you know we didn't have too many bad overs here and there because um, it didn't allow them to get away, which also built the pressure. And then by doing that and not scoring runs, you know Mitch could go off and have his break and then come back again, and there was no real damage done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Mitch could come on and, and do what he did and, and and get even more wickets. So it definitely helps when 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 you when you've got a bloke who bowls that fast. Um, you know, it probably puts a bit more emphasis on what you're trying to do to make sure that you do you know stick to the plan um, and, and not let your mind wander and and not worry about if you're not getting wickets and try and chase wickets. Which again, we we spoke a lot about. It didn't really happen, but um, oh, no doubt it was it definitely benefited me. Obviously, put put a few more um, you know numbers in my wickets column without doubt. How often do you watch the Divine Seed, the greatest ball of the century? Ball, the ball, ball, ball of the century. century, second innings, yeah. whack out, first ball, yeah. cool. See you, bro. Yeah. Um, every year it comes up on my birthday, I, and, I, and I thank people every year that comes up because it, it is nice to watch every now and then. But I, I, I must admit, I, I I don't watch it. I don't bring it up very often. Every now and then, my my little boy who's eight, um, he's just starting to get into cricket. He's starting to watch a few more highlights of me, and that comes up. But. Um, you know, it's um, – oh, look, it's one of those things, I guess. It's, you know, that that period around – I mean, that ball just – it was the second innings, as you said, of the of the, of the third test. We're 2-0 up. You know, that – and Alistair Cook, who we also – back going back to when Michael sat us down, we wanted to target him because he's such a good player. In 2010, we couldn't get him out. He scored squilling runs. We knew how good a player he was. We knew if we were getting into him and getting him out early that that's, that was a big hole in their, in their, in their team. So – um, you know, to come out and I had some, I had a really good battle with Alistair. I got him out a few times. He got me a few times. But to be able to do that, as I said, the, the quick story on that is we we we're coming in obviously to that that day, um, and it, it was it, it, a lot of the guys. We have a team room um, in a hotel, and a lot of the guys get down there just before they go, get on the bus or walk down the ground to get tapes taping, or and that's normally probably. You know, so if you have to be on the field at say ten o'clock, they're normally around there, down there about eight o'clock, um, getting whatever they need to, having a coffee, having a chat. This particular day, um, I couldn't sleep. I had it was the only real time I was bloody nervous about going into a day's play because knowing what we're about to do or hopefully about to do, and and I I reckon I had about an hour and a half sleep, and then that I got up. It was about probably five o'clock, five thirty, and I thought I'm just going to get out of my room. I'm, I'm, I'm up. I'm ready to go. I walked down the walked down the route um, to the team room. There was about eight blokes down there. <laughs> they were the same. That that was so nervous about the day really? and about what we were trying. Yeah, it was it was just amazing how how the nerves around that, um, you know, potentially you know going three 0 up but winning an Ashes series, which yes, oh, definitely yeah. for me. But a, a lot of these guys that hadn't done it had played. You know, a couple of blokes had played in a series or two and and hadn't, hadn't won. You know, that's a dream come true. You sit there as a kid, you know, these Ashes series and how good they are and how how big they are. So, you know, we you know, we all um we all sat and had a couple of coffees to keep us going and and yeah, got down the ground and, and then obviously going back to that, you know, to be able to to, to rip out a ball like that was um you know, it was, was was pretty good. I, I, 
one thing I, I don't tell a lot of, but, but that I was quite sore going into that innings. And, and my second innings overs were Michael actually took the the new ball off me and gave it to Mitch because um, because I was so stiff and sore at times. The, my first couple of balls were so bad. <laughs> like they were, they'd be floaty, or you know, normally my first over go for eight or ten. Um, <laughs> but I made sure I might have had a couple of old turns this, this morning. But I, I remember running into bowl thinking, Oh, stop, stop, <laughs> and I didn't stop and managed to do that. And I don't know how I did that, but um, yeah, so no, they, they were great times. I mean, so I, I get revisited with that with, with every year on my birthday. So, um, yeah, keep doing it, people. It's yeah, it's always beautiful. Good to see. No, it's actually, uh, <laughs> well, it's like it's, the ultimate Jaffa. It's been known to cure erectile yeah. dysfunction in Australia, man. That's <laughs> how it's sure. used. You're, um, you're talking about your injuries again. We were, uh, we were talking to a friend of the show, Brad Haddon, the other day. Mm. Even well, like he was basically saying that when I want to get to obviously you, I don't want to jump, jump straight to your bloody retirement, but it was just off the back yeah. of you uh, being injured. He yeah. had sort of said to us that you'd been bowling, and you're like, "Geez, my knee's sore." Geez, my knee's sore. Just kept going though, like finished the day, and then you went for scans, and they were like, "Your knee was like completely broken the whole way through." <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was. Um Oh, that was – I mean, I remember that was all yesterday. It's, it's eight years ago now. But, um, yeah, I had um, – I, I missed this – I missed this – I missed the tour of the West Indies because we had um, – we're having our my first child. We had Carter and um, so I didn't go there. So I sat back – I stayed back in Brisbane, trained, got myself in the best shape I've ever been, ready for this Ashes series, ready to go over and finally win an Ashes in England. And um, um, got over there, had a few a few bowls um, and then we had this practice game and – I think it was a four. It was a four-day game at Kent. I think it was, and um, I probably bowled. I can't remember it was first. I think it must have been second innings, and I reckon I'd probably bowl thirteen or fourteen overs, and I just bowled the biggest pile of shit ever. <laughs> and I'm trying to bowl for a spot in the first test, and I'm, and this is again, I, I never really worried about being picked or not picked because I was always, if I bowl well enough, I'm going to be picked, and if I'm not, then the other blokes bowl better. So I never really, but this time I had this little. I just wanted to make sure I wanted to be in that first test, and um, I, I bowled yeah 13, 14 overs, absolute pile of shit. And then in my fifteenth over, I was running to bowl, and I felt a little click on my knee, and and I knew my knee pretty well. I knew you know where it hurt, it was okay. Obviously, if it was damaged badly enough, I knew that as well. But it was sort of in the front front left of me of my knee, and and it was just getting sore and sore. But I managed to bowl a few. I think I bowled another two overs. Then I went off just to check with the physio, and he did all the checks. You know, twisted it, and and it, with twisting and all that and all the stuff he did, it didn't didn't bring up any pain. So I'm like, he goes, "No, you're right. You're good. Keep going. Keep going." So got back out there, and I took a Voltar and whatever it was, and it was, it was still a little bit sore every now and then. But anyway, I got another opportunity to bowl, and. I bowled, I think, five of the best overs I bowled. And I was like, this is good. I'm back. I'm back in the test group, the test team. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Mm. But I finished the game and I could barely walk. And I'm like, this is not good. So um, gave it, I think, we had another, another game in three, four, four days it was. So gave it a day. It wasn't, wasn't getting better. And then they said, we've got to send you to London. Um, get on the train. Go stay in London. Get some scans. Um, and then we'll see how it goes. Came back. Um, had to, I wanted to play that second game, so I had to go down in the morning of the game to try and bowl to prove I was fit. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't run in. So knew something wasn't quite right. 
uh, the day started, as the day went on, I kept going, I bugged the physio every 10 minutes. So, mate, have you got the scans? Have you got the scans? He just, at the end of the day, he said, mate, just f*** off. I'll come and see you when I get the scans. Don't worry about it. Um, anyway, two hours later, he came and grabbed me, yeah, showed me the x-ray, and I just cracked the top of my tibia. I'd sort of cracked down the, well, not down the middle of it, but, um, yeah, just had this big crack in it. So basically what had happened with no cartilage, my, my knee was just pounding and, and, and forming a, like a, a little hole, like almost like a brittle um, bone was real brittle and a little hole. And then from that, it's just cracked from there. Right. So, um, yeah, so I, I basically bowled five or six overs with the, with the broken leg, but they were rippers. <laughs> and they were probably the last, <laughs> they were the last overs I bowled, I think. So, um, yeah, that was it, like that they was just it. sort of said, hey, they were like, this is not something you could yeah. recover from or come back from. Yeah, that's it. Thing or? No, no, it was it was basically the damage had been done to my knee. So I had a great surgeon in Melbourne um, who had done everything possible. He, he'd taken stuff out of my knee. He'd put stuff in it. Uh, he, he cleaned it out when he needed to. Um, so he he was great. All he, he was all about getting me back on the park because he knew I was coming to probably an end. He, he you know he probably thought to be honest. He said he didn't say this until I was in Melbourne after I was getting it fixed from that episode. That mm. he, he, he expected that what happened um, to happen probably two or three years before. So he, oh, he said, wow. you've done really well um, getting through to this. But when he, uh, when the physio had sent through the scans to him, um, he looked at them. I got on the phone to him. I said, David, what do you think, mate? He said, mate, I, I reckon you've had a good run. This is it. Like, I, this, this is the time. This is, you know, I can, he, I can fix it. He said, he's going to fix it. I'll fix it for you. But the, 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 um, what you've done basically because of the hole and because of the brittleness and no cartilage, you're just going to keep cracking it and going through it. So uh, I got back to Melbourne, eventually had, had to take some bone out of my hip, compact it into the bone and, and fix it up. So, um, yeah, that was it. That was my last over. This is All Talk with Hello Sport, and today we are talking with Australian cricketing great. Ryan Harris. Now, Rhino, was that hard to come to terms with? Obviously, you were saying you'd, you wanted to go to England, you wanted to win over there. Um, yep. you know, you'd found a little bit of form in those five overs. Was that was it hard news to, to get? Obviously, it was, but was there part of you that deep down knew that maybe your body just wasn't quite right? Yeah, that, that was it. Now, deep down, I, I was waiting for this to happen. Yep. Um, but in saying that, I was, as I said before, I, I'd got – to the best condition of my, of my career. Like I was at a good, good weight. Um, you know, I was strong. I'd worked so hard on my, on my, on my glutes, uh, and my quads to get them strong, to protect the area. Um, and I guess for me, yes, I sort of deep down, I was accepting of it, probably not straight away, but, but I guess, um, you know, at the forefront of my mind, it was like, well, how can that happen now when I'm, you know, the best of, I've trained so hard to protect it. Yeah. I'm so fit. You know, why couldn't it have happened, you know, yeah, two years ago? Um, so at the time it was, it, yeah, I put a probably a bit of a front on. I was, I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is good. I've, I've played 27 tests. I've, I've done way more and exceeded way more, you know, expectations on test cricket than I ever thought I would. Um, but in saying that, in the back of my mind, I was like, fuck, 27 is good. What about, you know, 20 more would have been, you know, just amazing. So, well, it, it took me a while to, 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 to process it, but I was sort of putting on a bit of a front, I guess. And I, you know, the moment, um, I don't know if had said it, but Chris Rogers tells a story. He, he still he still tells me I'm I'm not retired because I tried to give the speech that you know to the players, 
and I, I just lost it. <laughs> I couldn't get my words out. I was like a bubbling baby. So, you know, because I loved, I just loved that team. I loved being in that, in that, in that, uh, in that team around that, around that time. And it was just a, a, a great time uh, of my life and, and our lives. So, yeah. um, that was a mess. But I, yeah, that was it. So I managed to stay on for the first two tests, I think, just to be with the boys. But then, yeah, left there. And again, leaving there was knowing I wasn't going to come back. That was that was bloody hard. I bet um, you were you were. <clears throat> I mean, late bloomer, not the right word necessarily, but you debuted after you were 30. Is that correct? Yeah. For, yeah, for no, late, late bloomer is probably the right word. What do you put <laughs> that bloomer. down to, right? Because it's funny. I mean, oh, and I'm now, I mean, yeah. you give hope to anyone over 30, not necessarily to someone like myself who's 34, but. But there is hope. There is still you never hope. say never. No, you never say never. <laughs> yeah. But you're you know, obviously not the system. You know what I mean? No <laughs> yeah, knows who you are, true. but. <laughs> I can't play very well. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, and you know, you saw someone like Mike Hussey who debuted at 30 or later, but then, you know, went on to like have a great career. What did you put it down to? What clicked for you? What changed that meant that you sort of. Yeah. People will probably listen to this and probably sick of this story, but I was a, I was a loose, bit of a loose cannon as a young bloke. Um, I didn't mind going out and having a beer and, um, you know, chasing the skirt, I guess is probably the the best way to put it. so I didn't really look after myself probably in me in my early twenties, um, late teens, early twenties. Um, you know, and I was contracted for South Australia for about well, from about what was I nineteen, maybe twenty. Um, you know, I was there for about seven years, and I, I didn't play many games at all. It was only in the last two and a half years that I started playing a few games before I sort of left. But mm. yeah, so look, I wasn't looking after myself. You know, I, I at one stage lost my contract. Um, I think about two years, three years before I left. But then, thank well, thankfully for me, unfortunately, someone didn't take a contract, didn't uh, agree to one, so I got that one back. So I sort of saw that as a second chance um, that I needed, and well, that you know, I, I didn't have much else. I didn't. I finished school, but wasn't going to uni. Um, I was working, I think, for a mate delivering gas around that time. So I wasn't, you know, doing a huge career um, things. But um, so I guess I saw that as a second chance to to write. I want to be a um, professional cricket. The coach at the time, Wayne Phillips, who we had a bit of a love-hate relationship at that time. I'm, we, we've been great mates ever since. But, you know, he sat me down and said, mate, you're so lucky you got this second chance. Not many people get it. And um, you need to – this is it. It's only one year, so you've only got one year to, to, to impress. Um, get yourself sorted out and, and, you know, get yourself training. And I did. I got myself training, got myself fit. And then it sort of went up from there. And then I, I probably had – um, you know, two and a half. Well, I was you know, I injured a knee again, actually, in my left knee uh, at the start of the this one of the seasons. So I had two and a half really good years of South Australia, and then um, oh, some contractual things didn't quite work, and that's why I went to Brisbane. But um, yeah, I just started bowling well. So um, I wish I had worked it out earlier. Um, whether I would have played for Australia, probably not, because I think you know um, Lee and all those guys were still around, but. Mm. Um, I just all and the other part of moving to Queensland as well is I, I wanted to my, my dream at that point in time was to, to to win a Sheffield Shield. It was not necessarily huge plans to play for Australia. Uh, although you know when I left Adelaide, it was sort of being spoken about. I was around the mark, but um, I just wanted to for me a dream sitting watching the Sheffield Shield on TV. Went you know watching as a young kid South Australia win it, which was the last time they won it in 96, 95, 96. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to do that. I wanted to win a Sheffield Shield. So moving to Brisbane was probably more that motivation than, you know, I'm going there to play for Australia because I would have played, I think I would have played for Australia if I stayed here. Um, yeah. But it all happened late and that's the thing. So I, I wish I had worked it out earlier, but um, I still, as I said, I still managed to play 27 tests, 19 one days, a couple of T20s. You know, I'm, I'm pretty proud to, to sit here and say I've done that. So, mm. And you got a baggy grain. 
which and yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, yeah. Do, do, and I and I eat, yeah, ages. Sorry, ask that question. Okay. I was going to say, do you put it on every now and then? Just walk around the house? No, nah, <laughs> don't put it on. No, nah. um, I have it sitting in a, in my wardrobe, and I, I must admit, I have it in view every day when I when I get ready for work or whatever I do. I still I still look at it. I've you know mates come over and family come over sometimes that they want to see it. Never never put it on. They'll let put it on, but. Um, <laughs> They want to touch it and see it, but um, yeah, it's still in it's still in view. Don't worry about that. So. Good, yeah, love that. No, you got to have it in view, baby. Well, to yeah, be honest, right. I'd be I'd be flexing around the house. I'm so, I'm shocked you don't. Wear <laughs> You'd be wearing it. it on the job. Well, you walk around. Yeah, yeah. Starkers. I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How old were you when you fe- when you lost that uh, that South Australia contract? Uh, I would have been probably about 23, I think, roughly. Okay, right. What was that like? 23. Like, oh, said, was what, was that, what was that like meeting? I guess you have where they're like, "Did you think dream over?" I'm, f-? yeah, basically, yeah. But and then all of a sudden, I think straight back to, f-, why didn't I train harder? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, wh- wh- why didn't I? Why didn't I say no to a couple of mates on a Friday or Saturday night? You know, just straight away, it's like f- you're an idiot. You've, you know, it, and, and in those situations, I mean, I've witnessed that over the last couple of years. When you lose a contract or lose something like that, you always like you always blame someone. It's the coaching staff, or it's this, or it's that. Where. Yeah. Um, I was straight away. I knew I was like, you've, "You're an idiot. You've you had this opportunity, and you've you've absolutely it up." And then, but in the space of three days, I got it back. So you didn't have <laughs> so too much time to wallow. I didn't have too much time to, to what? Yeah, to worry about it. But straight away, it was this is it. This is, I can't. Well, first of all, I couldn't believe I got it back. But this is it. And and to, to be on to be honest, it, it was exactly that. And what you know, for all of a sudden, I probably showed a bit of maturity, <laughs> which I hadn't shown. And. And realise what 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 was given back to me, um, and yeah, and, and way we went. So um, yeah, I mean, I remember the vaguely remember it. It was just you know that conversation where you called in. You know, it's that time of year, and you know this time where you know this. Unfortunately, we're not we're not going to offer you a contract this year, and you can go back to club cricket and you know try and earn one back and dominate. And I was like, that's all right. Club cricket doesn't pay anything. What am I going to do? Yeah. Um, you know, for, for a living. So that was yeah, it. Was a nice period, but again. Um, you know, I, as I said, I, in, the, in the space of a few days, I thankfully got it back and, and, and away we went from there. We've been doing some work with McDonald's this summer, Ryan, and we've been talking about Macca's classics. And but we basically, we uh, we were tasked with taking some, uh, recreating some classics, uh, like some famous <laughs> catches um, the other week. And they've sort of, they started playing them out during the, uh, the cricket broadcast. Which has been embarrassing and humbling because we didn't take great ones, but and the ones they that we did take, they've they've edited out. They've been put right, on, right. Yeah, they've been left <laughs> on the cutting room floor, mate. Surprise, surprise. Not favourable editing, but we would like to know what your favourite catch of all time. Where now you could be one you've taken, could be one that you've seen taken either when you're actually playing, but putting you on the spot, favourite yeah. catch. There's two that come to mind straight away. And the one of Glenn McGrath where he tries to take it two-handed here in Adelaide actually takes it one-handed on the mm. backwards square boundary. Yep. I love that one. The other one would be Booney's catch off Warney's hat-trick. Yes. yes. Great catch. Two great catches. Now, I'm not going to reveal it. We may or may not have attempted those. I'm not going to say We may or we may not <laughs> we have. We cannot. I've also been led to believe that uh, Pigeon was out of position. Um, he was. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Had he had he been in position, he talk, you're talking about a regulation down the throat catch. <laughs> Correct. However, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the fact he was out of position creates the drama that we've loved ever since. Yes. Because it's it's an ins- 
insane catch. It's insane. Yeah. And he's so yeah. gangly that it just looks more in it, like uh, impossible. Have you yeah. ever taken yeah, one of the fact he took it one-handed. Yeah. Have you ever, t- uh, yeah. Have you ever taken have. one leaping forward like that? Very difficult to do. Um, a couple leaping forward. I'm just trying to think. My best catch would have been – I took a pretty good one off Mitch at Adelaide Oval in that Ashes series in 2013 at Fine League, which I didn't see until late and then sort of plucked it out of the air somehow. Um at pace, obviously, because I think I may have been out of position then as well. <laughs> might, have been, <laughs> might have been a bit close. Um, probably the best one I took was would have been, I reckon it was in my first game, which unfortunately I don't think it's on any footage of it. But I, at Allen Border Field, I think Andy Bickle hit it and I was running back again, probably out of position. I was in close and reached back over my head, dived back over my head and took it one handed. A bit like oh. Fatty. Remember the Fatty Vaughton one? Yes, yeah. yes. Not course. quite as good as that. Not quite as good as that, but similar in, in, in a way there. That, that was probably my best one. But um, catches, yeah. Oh, mate, that's it. That, that's it. So Happy with a couple them. of good ones there. Good list. No, yeah. that's, that's a great list. Yeah. Mate, yeah. look, uh, <clears throat> thank you very much for coming on. It's been great to chat with you um, and, and share a bit of time. All the best uh, with the summer. Hopefully, the yeah. uh, the Big Bash gets back. Is it on tonight? <laughs> Yeah, we're on tonight. We're, we're playing tonight. Playing Thank the thunder God. tonight. And oh, well, we're, good luck. We're, we're, we're ready. <laughs> we're yeah. ready, I can tell you that. All right, chumming at the bit. So yeah. we might have a look at you then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> we might have a look at you then. Eh? <laughs> uh, mate, yeah, you, mate. all the best. Thanks for chat. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's Legend, been great. Mate. Thanks very much. Thanks, boys. Thank Cheers you. Up, mate.